Hello, good evening, and welcome to The Game Is About Glory. And tonight, it certainly was about glory, wasn't it, Milo? Absolutely. <laughs> oh, absolute glory. Yeah, you, you've just got the two of us tonight on what we would call uh, an emergency pod, but there's no emergency tonight. It's just the emergency to tell you how fucking delighted we are that we smashed the Gooners 3-0 tonight, and there was uh, The Game Is About Glory presence in the stadium um, with Ram, Gareth, and Jay there, of course. So hello, chaps, wherever you are, making your way home. Milo and I... We might just get this, this out in time for Jay to listen to it on his way back. <laughs> well, Milo and I were watching in our respective domiciles, and uh, so you are going to hear no preamble, no intro question, no the week that was, none of that, no editing, just the two of us uh, chewing over tonight's game. And all the mistakes are going to be left in. There will be no mistakes tonight because it was all brilliant, right? So, I suppose... <laughs> I suppose we should just start. Let, let's start with, with, with let's start with the pre-match. Let's start with how the game was shaping up. Yeah, you know, a couple of hours before, and I know you were very confident. Um, I was quietly confident, and then we saw that um, you know Romero was out with 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 a, with a hip injury, and Davinson Sanchez was coming in. Uh, how did that make you feel? Um, I wasn't too worried defensively. Um, I was more worried about us getting the ball up up the pitch. So you know, I, I think it puts. It, it potentially put more pressure on Dyer and uh, Bentenker uh, because we don't have that, you know, an extra distributor in defence. And if Arsenal were pressing us, I, th- I was I was a little bit more worried about that than I would have been if Romero was starting defensively. Not too many worries about Sanchez. He's you know, yeah, he's plenty good enough. I think also probably we all missed um, to a greater extent. Well, maybe you didn't. Um, I know a lot of people in social media who are exploding with panic might have missed this but you know the benefits of a system play are that the squad trains that way everyone knows what Antonio Conte wants and so even though Davo hadn't played you know started again for three months he comes in and after 10 minutes of being marshaled through by the imperious Eric Dyer, he's in flow so do you think we do you think we you know we're seeing the benefit of system play in that regard or not um, not so much in terms of our play out from the back. I mean, I think Sanchez isn't particularly comfortable with that. And certainly the kind of first 10, 15 minutes, he, he struggled with that. And it led us into a couple of um, kind of panicked um, clearances. I think actually what helped him most was the game situation. So Arsenal started imploding around the time he started looking more comfort- comfortable. And certainly by kind of half an hour, the game started looking very, very different. It did. And I think, I mean, as you're right, the timing of those uh, two things was was very important. But I think also we would be remiss in not mentioning, uh, you know, this pod always talks about how important it is that our big and experienced players show up and lead when you need leadership. And for that, you know, first 10, 15 minutes, I thought that Benton Core, Hoybear and Dyer as a trio in particular were absolutely vital in helping Sanchez and Royale settle because it wasn't just about Davo playing there it's about Davo and Royale and Royale has had a bump in you know, bump in performance recently and that would have been down to Romero and then suddenly Davo's there I'd say you know by the middle of the first half their their confidence was looking pretty good and I put that down to the experience around them would you would you agree with that yeah I, I, I mean I thought Dyer had a, a very good game um you know second half didn't have a lot to do I thought Hoybier was excellent I you know you and I were talking during the game I, th- I think he's probably been one of our, one of our best players over the last month um which is you know remarkable considering where he was kind of earlier in the season or tail end of last season when obviously I think fatigue was a factor and what have you um Royale you know had more to do as the game wore on you know the other end of the pitch 
and we were seeing a lot more of him drifting into those half spaces, which is yes. you know, something that you and I have been discussing quite a lot yeah, over absolutely. over the last yeah. few weeks. Um, the other thing that struck me with Royal, I think he might be trying to ch- challenge Sonny for our player with the biggest smile on his face when he's playing. It's <laughs> um, you know for all his limitations, and he you know he's playing a lot better at the moment. And I thought he had quite a good game. He does have his limitations, but it's hard not to love him the way he plays with a smile on his face. He's so just it gives everything to everything. Well, it's one of your phrases. I mean, you like it. You like to pull this one out. Everyone loves a trier. And, you Mm. know, he is the ultimate trier. He really is. Because, again, and we've hammered this point over and over, he's not a wing back. He's a right back, you know, who is uh, pretending to be a wing back. And actually, at this point, seemingly doing a slightly better job each week. But at the moment, he's predominantly a right midfielder with Kulu taking the kind of attacking wide right position. It's... um, It's yeah. it's slightly odd, but you know, when with when you're talking about Conte, Conte wants to um kind of occupy those five uh kind of vertical spaces up the pitch and yeah. um you know, it's Kulu taking the widest one and then Royale uh, you know, and so it's I mean actually and that's kind of what we saw with Doherty. When Doherty found his form in the team, it was in a very, very similar space. He wasn't bombing down the line and getting crosses in with Kulu tucked in. It was the other way around, and that's what yeah. we're seeing with uh, with Royale, and that's the change we've seen with Royale over the last you know kind of yeah. month or so. Yeah, and and so just for those of you who are listening, you know, we're doing this on the fly, and we do again. We've been watching this on our couches. We have a, a yeah quite a tactical outlook, but let, uh, don't be fooled. We are absolutely fucking delighted to have beaten the Gooners three nil after after their quiet crowing. I will, I will tell you something. One of my Gooner mates tried to call me at one thirty in the morning yesterday, and then said, "Oh well, you know, call me before the game." I'm like, "Absolutely not. I've absolutely no intention of calling you, you absolute muppet." And then he just was posting on social media. He's like, you know, oh, he's afraid. He's afraid. It was great. What? So I, I will be calling him at one thirty this morning and seeing if he answers. <laughs> I, I want you outside his house with fireworks before the. Uh, first North London derby <laughs> next season. <laughs> Indeed. And talking of fireworks, oh, yes, we knew and we predicted on this pod, by the way, that Paul Tierney was going to have a role in this game that was slightly larger than the uh, average ref would. We also predicted that it would not end 11 v 11. Um, so let's talk about some of these decisions early in the first half that obviously were pivotal and have um, Mikel Legohead Arteta uh, all in a Kevin Keegan style tizzy. Uh, by the way, a delightful thing to see. Thank you very much. Keep on melting down, you moron. Um, Rob Holding. Holding by name and holding by nature. A little naughty by nature, wasn't he, really? But uh, he was naughty, actually, because he put a knee into Son's back. He yeah. put a good old knee. A really, that, that's a nasty thing that he did. He kicked him a good old kick on when he was on the floor. And then he wrestled him to the floor and gave that wink when Sonny was getting a, a little upset. And, you know, if you're, at the, if you're at the ground, you probably didn't see the wink. But again, we saw it from our couches and uh, it infuriated me. And I thought, you know, if there's any justice, he's, he's, he's not going to last this game. And yeah, Sonny knew he wasn't, right? Sonny knew how to play him from that point. Yeah, I mean, the first one was a bit old school, wasn't it? The sun, sun's on the ground. He puts a boot in as he's going through. And, uh, you know... Uh... I, I thought certainly after the second one, his card was marked, and well, his card should have been his card should have been up, shouldn't it? Really, he he could have got a yellow. He should for have either had of He could have got yes. a yellow for either of those first two. Yeah. Um, and then actually, kind of the, the the first yellow was probably for the mildest challenge. It was just holding for the for the third one. 
Um, it was just holding. When you say it was just holding, ho- holding I just holding. want to specify for our for our listeners. You mean it was him holding the player, not just being holding, which in and of itself well, is is an offence. Let's yeah. just say that he was holding on to our hero. It was um, <laughs> yes, uh, and 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 to repeat that joke, just in case anyone missed it, holding is a bookable offence just for being holding. So anyway, I continue. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, I'm going to have fun tonight, mate. <laughs> So for the benefit of our listeners, this is all the crap I normally cut out. (laughs) (laughs) It is, but not tonight. Not tonight. Come on. Um, And then I think after that kind of experience showed out, I think Sun was very, very clever in that he was forcing holding into uh, making challenges. And with the sending off, I don't think there's any argument with that. You know, he's got his elbow out. He does certainly moves his arm towards Sun. Um, it's not a, a kind of full-on elbow in the face, but he 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 he's forced the ref into that decision, and particularly as that it's a kind yellow of forced... card offence. Yeah, I, I think potentially it's a red card offence. He's got his his elbow yeah, but I mean, it's in the a, face, but, it, but, it, but it's a bright yellow offence. And when you've oh. had another yellow, as we know, and, football arithmetic: two yellows equals a red. No and, argument. But when we come to kind of Lego heads kind of post-match comments, <sighs> which maybe we'll need to park that and come back to that later on. Oh, if we but must, he's trying okay. to make out that he's hard done by. An elbow in the face is a straight red, yeah. and they would be really fucked if the, if holding was out for the rest of the season. Yeah, so no, they, they would be. be I, they, 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 they would be. I'm, I'm just actually, that, that moment of silence, for those of you who thought it was silence, is actually the sound of the uh, small violin playing for lego but we, we'll, we'll come back to it we'll come back to it sorry i was in i was enchanted by trying to get uh we'll come back to it um i think you know it's fair to say as well that you know davy's got a yellow for bringing down saka very early on too so mm. tierney was definitely being uh somewhat consistent i mean at that point you would say his biggest inconsistent use biggest inconsistency was having not booked holding earlier so okay we've dealt with holding that's done we've got to the penalty um i will i mean look i'm just gonna i'll put this out there with you mate i I will have to say sometimes those are given sometimes they're not i've seen worse given Mm -hmm. and i've seen lesser given It, it, it is a clear attempt not to play the ball to play the man um but you know you would have to say that you know yes it's the right decision but they just don't always get given do they yeah i thought Gary Neville was very interesting on our commentary here about uh, on, on that incident. So he was saying that you know it's something that he's done loads of times. It's something that fullbacks will do when they've got a player at the uh, at the far post. What he was saying is Cedric did it too early. So if the ball's over them at the time he does it, he can make a play and pretend he's playing for the ball and nudge the player at that time. If you nudge early, then it's clear that you're not going for the ball and you make it easy for the ref. And the position that the ref was in, he would have seen him, you know, buckle under under the elbow. So it was just, again, I think a lack of experience, lack of nous, a lack of game awareness, which I think it really kind of typifies Arsenal's first half, certainly after the first 10 minutes. That that first half from them was every bit as bad, if not worse, than our first half at their place earlier in the season, which I think is the, our worst performance that I've seen from us in years. Agreed. And I think that we can expand that to uh, the work of the men on the sidelines as well, because they set the tempo for how a game of this magnitude is played. They set the, the, the marker. They send their players out with instruction. They send them out uh, with, with, with supposedly discipline. And if they see discipline running ragged, they make sure that the message gets mm. through. Um, you know, it's interesting. I noticed that Odegaard was a skipper. Um, 
He's never struck me as captain material, to be honest. So for a start, I thought it was interesting that he was the nominated captain because if you're trying to get a message through, it didn't strike me as the person who's going to do it. But then, I, you know, I, I thought that Arteta could have handled things better for them from the sidelines in that first half because they did just seem to come undone. And we must go back to Sonny uh, for a second uh, and his excellent awareness of, of, of the moment of the game, of, of, of how it was being played. And we talk about this with experience and what it can do. And we've seen Cellini do it to us, you know, with Juventus in the Champions League. Good, great players sense the mood of the moment as much as anything, and 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 they know how to and they know how to take it. And I thought we had several who stepped up into that role tonight. Yeah, I mean, Kane, I think who's been a little bit I think below par over the last few weeks. I don't know if he's been carrying a knock or something, but I thought he was excellent tonight. Yes, um, but also. Um, you know, he's not wearing the armband, but it, it was a captain's performance. So with the penalty and the elbow, he's straight onto the ref. So with the elbow, he's in between Sun and the ref. He's straight round and talking to him and, and in his face. And so many times in the past, you know, we've been a bit passive about that. We've let the other team get totally in the ref's ear. Agree. And I thought we were excellent tonight about that, mm-hmm. uh, around that. I think we really, 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 you know, we were the first of the ref. We were telling him what was going on. We were talking to him. I saw Xhaka go to the ref a couple of times for them, but it, it felt, felt a bit moany and petulant. And, you know, maybe my view of him is coloured. It's definitely coloured. Um, but <laughs> uh, I can't stand the guy. Yeah, um, quite. But, um, I, yeah, I thought we managed the game and managed the ref really well in this game. Yeah, and you could see that the, the Bentoncourt as well, I mean, just mm. showed such awareness of how it was panning out and, and such awareness of, of, of when to carry, when to distribute, when to slow it down, when to speed it up. Him and Dyer were really controlling the pace of the game, I thought, exceptionally well. Both of them knew when to turn the throttle and when not. And uh, I think it was a, a major, major reason that, that we the- saw, saw it out. I think so that was the difference. I think that was the difference between us. Our big game players turned up; theirs didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, we, yeah. We'll move. I mean, the end of the first half. Obviously, you know, we we, we could have gone in three up. I thought it was intriguing again to see Emerson Royale in in that advanced position again and just not quite able to sort his feet out. But again, you'd you'd rather see him there missing it than not there at all. Um, if that makes sense, and if it doesn't make sense, then put your Spurs glasses on and it will make sense. It makes sense to me as I'm saying it and it's not going to get edited. So it makes sense. What a wonderful I, piece of insightful I, commentary from your, I, the game is about glory. Host. I thought so. in the second half when we were three nil up and uh, the cane cross into Royal at the back post, <laughs> I thought we were taking the piss mm. at that uh, time. It was kind of Harlem Globetrotters <laughs> type, uh, type affair. It was, we, we, yeah. Royal might as well have reached into the audience and the crowd and pulled out a handbag and uh, had it on elastic band, elastic and bounced it up and down. <laughs> yeah, at that point of the game, it wouldn't have uh, been entirely um, not in keeping with what was going on, right? So, mm. but let's let's talk about uh, that. You know, we go in at half time. I think again, you know, you're two nil up. Uh, going into that final minute of um, of the half, Arsenal are starting to put a little bit of pressure on. Uh, you know, I think it's very, very important that we, we we did the honest and decent thing, just saw that first half out, you know, we're very confident, 2-0 up. But again, these are the details. You know, we had a manager who prepared us to win this game and didn't go on and on and on talking about how they were going to go for the jugular and all this rubbish that Lego had had before the game. And then he, you know, was obviously lost control. So at halftime, yeah, we're confident, but we know that there's still 45 minutes to go. It's a derby. Well, I mean, second half... 
within two minutes, that's just completely done, isn't it? It's mm-hmm. over. Yeah. Yeah, completely, completely. There's no way they're coming back from three 0 down with ten men. And I mean, it it became a bit of an exhibition match in the second half where we could just keep the ball, pass it around. Well, you just were look, saying Harlem Globetrotters. Yeah, look mm. for an opening. You know, there's a couple of chances we had to score, but we weren't in a rush. And yeah, I mean, really, when we've got a game, we've got a kind of early kickoff on Sunday, you couldn't really ask for much more from a second half, could you? No, he, you know, the manager did the smart thing. By the way, before we leave that third goal, Sonny's goal, I just want mm. to give full credit to uh, the defence splitting ball into Harry Kane's feet from Davinson Sanchez. Actually playing the sort of ball that we see Christian Romero play. So I found that uh, I found that really, really uh, gratifying to mm-hmm. see. Albeit a 10-man Arsenal does make that pass slightly easier for Davinson than he might have normally found it. But credit being, you know, you've got to give credit where it's due. It was a really nice ball in. Um, and again, you know, Sonny, very smart. Hasn't just like, you know, gone herring around. He's, he's in the box, but he holds his position rather mm. than, you know, t- takes himself out of play or takes his own space and it comes to him. It's actually a very nice finish indeed. Um, yeah, I mean, I think there's got to be a huge benefit, as you were just touching upon, of us being able to play that out for 30 minutes at a low tempo while they're, you know, and while they're pulling hamstrings and getting other bookings and, yeah. you know, basically flailing around uh, like, um, you know, a, a really average South London, uh, you know, south of the river outfit. Like Charlton. Yeah, if you're being generous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's a generous uh, a generous look. But yeah, the benefits and I think even though Sonny got upset, I mean we were both agree that it was the right decision to 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 keep him fresh, right? And and it's his standard subs, isn't it? Th- those yeah. are the ones he does every game. So yeah. um yeah, I I I think so. And uh, the post-match interview with Sonny that I saw, he was fine about it. I obviously oh, yeah, he wanted, yeah. obviously he wanted more goals. He'd love the golden boot. Um but He's played a lot of football. Yeah, managing, no. managing managing him through these next two games is important. Have yeah, to I, mean, I think. Him. I mean, I think you know we played walking football effectively in the second half. Yes, Arsenal were chasing the ball from us. I was really, really impressed with our shape in the second half. When Arsenal had the ball, you know, we dropped into position, closed off the passing lanes. You know, there were periods where we were pressing them, but we weren't doing it all of the time. We don't need to do that. Make them do the work. Make them run around. Um, they, you know, they, Gabriel went off injured. Obviously. Holding suspended for the next game. White is a question mark. That would have been hard work for them running around chasing the ball for you know six, 60 minutes effectively. Oh, this is another moment, and I, I know this is uh, you know a, a victory pod, but you know I can't. Uh, part of the joy of the victory is picking Lego head apart. I mean, this is another <laughs> mistake that that idiot has made, in my opinion. And I'll be completely blunt. You know, you don't pick half fit players on the pitch or on the bench. Why he's got Ben White on the bench is beyond me if Ben White cannot come onto the pitch and do a job. It's mm. ridiculous. And his pre-match interview, when he was asked about it, he said, and I quote, you know, Ben trained you know, yesterday. He's not quite ready, but he wanted to be a part of it. Well, Mikel, I've got news for you. Every professional footballer wants to be part of massive games like this, the biggest North London derby since 1991 easily and quite possibly the biggest in the Premiership era for sure. Well, quite possibly biggest for sure. It was the biggest in the Premiership era. You don't capitulate to your player. Sorry, I'm, you know, I should be quiet because I'm giving him managerial tips. You carry on making those decisions, um, uh, my, my friend. Keep on, keep up the good work. But seriously, how silly was that, right? If he's not fit, he shouldn't be on the bench. If he can't come on, it's a wasted position. 
um, <laughs> you're tying your hands. I think in his post-match interview, he said when Holding got sent off, the game was over. He was looking to Newcastle, which seems incredibly <laughs> defeatist at that point in the game. Unbelievable. I, I, I mean, I think it's bullshit. I think yes. what he's doing is he's trying to deflect blame from a really his shitty tactics and game management and yes. a really poor performance from his team. Well, let's go and, back to what you just said. Poor performance from his team being it. He's got the youngest team in the Premiership. They they mm-hmm. trotted that stat out within 10 minutes, right? Yeah. It's on him. He's got to manage that game. He's got to manage the pre-match pressure. Mm-hmm. And, and he's got to handle it from the touchline. And if he did say that, I missed that particular comment. I did hear his other gripings. But if he, if he said that, uh, what sort of message does that send to his players? Absurd. I mean, absolutely absurd. And, uh, and again, long may it continue. You know, yeah. I hope I hope that Newcastle are looking at at that and 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 you know salivating at the chance to get at them because they will yeah. have seen tonight that they can be got at very easily. Absolutely, but you know the player he got sent off, Rob Holding, is twenty six. He's not a kid. No, you know, Good point. and yeah, you know, he clearly sent him out to kind of mad Mark son, mm-hmm. and I think the occasion got the better of him. I think you know it might have been the right decision to man Mark Sun and try and close that off. But he should have seen quite early on that the person he'd asked to do that wasn't doing a great job of it and got word to him that he ought to try and alter the way he was doing it. Because we could all see that the yellow was coming. I mean, you know, it was, it was a foregone I mean, conclusion. The only thing that was in doubt was whether Tierney would have the courage to send him off because there yeah. was more than one yellow in him and we just you just wondered and to that and, and and by the way, I thought Tierney was very brave with his decisions and I have not always been his biggest fan. So I was both mm-hmm. surprised and delighted to see that. But yes, I agree. I mean so I mean if he was if if um Lego Head was on the sidelines saying, you know, well I've given this game up now, I'm gonna think about Newcastle that's a that's a that's that's really poor management. But as you said, I agree. It's deflection and it's bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, yes. exactly, it's exactly the same as we we saw from Mourinho in the past where he creates a storm around something. Or, I mean, to be fair, Conte does the same when he does the whole, I'm not sure whether I'm the right man for the job routine, which is actually, you know, it creates a talking point about him rather than the players. And that's all That's all Arteta's done. Yeah, but there's a slight difference. I mean, look, I, I, I try hard not to be too biased, but when Antonio does it, he does it with that sort of insouciant, sort of calm style, like sort of. And he doesn't smoke, by the way, but like he's got a cigarette dangling out of his fingers and an espresso on the table, and he's just sort of like, "Well, this is how it is. I'm just not sure." Whereas, little popping off there, uh, Lego head, he's like a little pocket rocket. I mean, in the interview, he looked like a lemur with a rocket up its ass, ready to explode. I mean, his eyes are wide open. He's reverberating with tension. I mean, I guess he is uh, an assi- you know, He was assistant to Pep Guardiola, who also runs that kind of line. But anyway, enough about that, dickhead. Uh, he's, he's shown himself to be. And by the way, um, uh, I hope that you're all enjoying the fact that it's a little bit of free-form swearing tonight and uh, cursing, and it won't be hitting the floor. And we're all delighted because, once again, in case you missed the news, Tottenham Hotspur 3... Woolwich Wanderers, nil. No, let me say that again. Tottenham Hotspur, three. Arsenal, nil. So that was our An biggest act. win against them. Biggest w- margin of win against them since 1983. Well, I think it's the biggest margin of victory over them ever in a 60-minute match. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that's got to be that's got to be said, right? <laughs> 60 minutes of football when we do it, we, yeah. So, I mean, uh, you know, okay, let's, let's get to uh, the question of the postponement, which was obviously, you know... Um, a little bit of a sort of cards are being dealt by mm-hmm. Antonio to your point. 
in, in, in that realm before the game, kind of a little bit of a chipping moan about it like we all had. You know, in the end, uh, I, you know, you've got to say it probably benefited us, the game being postponed, right? Yeah, I think Romero being out probably negated that a little bit. But yeah, I think so. Um, the Athletic did an article earlier on this week. So they were saying that their predicted lineup, should the game have happened in January, would have been Larice, Jaffet, Sanchez, Davies, Royale, Winks, Skip, Hoybier, Region, Mora, Kane. Well, the team we put out tonight, you know, even with Sanchez coming in for Romero, is significantly better than that. So that's Sanchez in the dreaded kind of central uh, position in in defence. Um, kind of the the right side of death. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> uh, and 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 we're se- and we're several more months into into Conte's. Yeah, abs- uh, absolutely. I mean, we're a different team. You know, if you yeah. think back, so I, I often when I'm trying to benchmark us, I often try to think back to those three games against uh, Chelsea that we had in January, which were pretty humbling, I think. Mm-hmm. And I'd I'd love to play those three games again again now because I think. Yeah. I think we'd give them a far better game. I th- in fact, yeah. I think we'd hammer them right now. Yep, yeah, I think so. Um, so we've 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 ascertained that actually, uh, despite their uh, quite flagrant abuse of the COVID rules at that time, and let's let's not leave any stone unturned or any whisper unspoken in that regard. I, they cheated the rules. I, they they bent the rules to fit what they needed at the time. I I I was a bit cheeky on Twitter yesterday. There was a there's an Arsenal um, kind of beat journo who asked the question if um if white and saka are out what should they do and i replied to him saying ask for a covid <laughs> postponement <laughs> exactly exactly um you know obviously in terms of the mathematics of the top four race it's you know they they remain in charge it's in mm-hmm. their hands but facts without context are nothing in my life they never have been they never will be this is a fact without context is it not milo Mm-hmm. And I so, think fire away. I think their tough last two games are tougher than ours, and Newcastle away at the moment particularly is a difficult game. Um, Everton have got Brentford at home on at uh, this weekend on Sunday, so I think we need Brentford to do us a favour so Everton go into that last game needing something. And then the dream of a Delhi winner against them is still on. Yeah, I mean, look, we've got we've got a couple of our uh, ex ex love, lovers out there. If you want to say, it. I mean, we've got Kieran Trippier already sounding off in social media yeah, saying, "Yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah, I want to yeah, do yeah, a yeah, favour yeah. for my boys, like for us." Yeah. So you know, that's great as well. And yeah, I mean, I look again. Mathematics tells you that if they win their next two games, they're in. But the psychological damage of this game, I don't care what Lego Head says about thinking about Newcastle, thinking about Newcastle. He built this up to be so much. And and again, I must remind people, he talked about how they were going to go at us, how they were going to, it was a, game, a historical game, you know, I mean, he went on and on ramping it up and he just got his face truly mashed in it as a coach, as much as anything that's got those, to be demoralized. And those players will have picked up on his demeanor on the sidelines. They will have picked up on his comments after the game. They'll know that he threw in the towel in this game. And I don't I mean know. At- outrageous it's outrageous i'm going to be scrambling through my youtube in there and uh to, to to find that particular quote outrageous i mean mm. and i mean as a takeaway champions league this is the north london fucking derby you fool you don't throw in the towel after 35 minutes just because you lost a man what cobblers absolute cobblers but again carry on <laughs> do it keep on doing it do it on monday i'll be looking i'll be watching 
But but that kind of thing builds um the players will believe in him less as a result of that. That that well, kind of builds so. a narrative. Mm. I think, you know, it undermines trust. Yeah. And And conversely, we have a a, a, a growing well of trust for the last two games at Anfield. We, we're game, you know, we were very unlucky not to win. And then tonight, this you know massive cup final built thing, which was so massive that CBS uh, managed to get um, uh, P Diddy to say something about it in a pre-match advert. So I mean, you know, they made they made a real event of it. Um, and 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 you saw, you know, I mean, happy after the game, but as I would expect, professional and calm. You know, a mm-hmm. little bit of joy. Sonny said, of course, it tastes nice. Came, but, you know, very focused. And, 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 and you can see that the unity is, is strong. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, look, I, oh, this closing thoughts. I mean, I just don't know. I mean, you know, do, do we have Should enough time? we just time? do 10 positives, no negatives? <laughs> yeah, it's just, let's just, yeah, let's just talk about how much we enjoyed it in a positive. Yeah, let's just, let's just really. Okay, I'll start. I'll start. To be able to sit for 30 minutes and and just watch exhibition football having hammered them and watch them get demoralized in the way mm-hmm. that they did and embarrassed and they were embarrassed both by their conduct on the pitch and by their manager was just massive right yeah absolutely absolutely i'm i've got to be like to say for all my talk of we've got this in the bag you know don't worry lads we've got this all week all week i'd say for the benefit of our listeners i've been exceptionally positive about that this result in our whatsapp group mainly to wind up my fellow podders because when they when they i feel i need to kind of counteract the kind of overall negativity and kind of doom and gloom and oh i can't bear this game so uh i i might i, I was always confident about this but i might exaggerate my confidence slightly in order to try and counteract some of the doom and gloom nothing wrong um, with that but but in the first half, I've got to be—I've got to be honest and say my heart was beating pretty fast. And I didn't sit um, down; I stood up the whole first half. Yeah. And in, the, yeah, I mean, certainly toward once once we were two 0 up, I I'd calmed down. Two minutes into the second half, I I was yeah completely chilled. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I, I think our team were the same. I think they pretty much knew that, you know, they just had to see it at home and, it, you know, don't do anything stupid. And, you know, we've got a clean, clean sheet and at least three goals. And, um, yeah, that's the most relaxing second half of a, of a North London derby I can ever remember. Yeah. I've got to say, actually, on your point of, of, I mean, it's, it's really interesting, isn't it? How, you know, we all have our different reactions to games and obviously, um, you know, as Milo's just said, some of the boys in our group, uh, you know, can get a little jittery over the slightest thing. Um, you know, my, my, one of my, my very best friends, and, and, and I, I call him my brother because he, he feels like my brother, uh, Johnny Edelman, uh, texted me. I was waiting for the text because we all got the news about Romero. And I was waiting for the text because I knew he was in the ground. And I was just like, oh, I wonder what he's, he's just going to go into. He's going to be panicking when he sees this. Mm. And he just sent the text. We are cursed. I can't believe it. I'm so nervous and everything. And I just sent him a picture of me and my dog, Tilly, who is a Spaniel, who, by the way, had a big smile in the photo, and I had a large whiskey, and I just said, it's in the bag. And he replied, I feel a lot better. And I'd like to say that those are the moments that you know it's going down, right? Yeah, evidently my, <laughs> evidently my positivity makes people more nervous, is what I've learned from Arma. <laughs> 
Yeah, I was delighted for. But by the way, uh, you know, a shout out to to, to everyone, uh, <laughs> of, uh, to Johnny and 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 Nikki and Josh and Amir and and Marilyn for who my my, my the group that I go with as well. There, lovely. I'm sure they had a great night, and I'm, I'm delighted you all enjoyed that. And again, you know, it's lovely to know that Ram and Gareth and uh, and Jay were there enjoying it as well. Right? It's just nice when you know that so yeah. many of us were you know, were around to, to see that and to enjoy it. And I'll tell you the final thought I had here. Um, and obviously, you know, you can close this out afterwards. What it made me feel was there's such synergy and such dominance that it seems incongruous that Daniel Levy won't give Antonio Conte what he demands for next year. Because anyone who was in the ground watching the match, part of the team, will surely have seen how much further we can go and how far we have come in such a short distance with Antonio Conte. It felt like the night where Kane and Conte might actually have been like, you know, 36 games, this is where we are. We're locked in, no doubt. What will be will be, but we are going to go on to great things next year. I felt that. So, I mean, I think on Conte, there's been a really interesting change of language from him over the last couple of weeks. So in the lead up to the Liverpool game, he spoke about... Um, how he would like to do something similar with us to to Klopp has done at Liverpool, given the same backing. And that kind of, I mean, Conte's longest stint at any club is three years. So, you know, the thought of him doing seven years somewhere is, you know, pretty, I mean, I think it's pretty unlikely. I don't don't think he's about to do that. But that's a very, very interesting change of language. He's also been talking about saying we a lot more. Whereas previously he's talked about Tottenham or the club and him. So there's been a switch in language. And I think I'm not sure that's conscious. I think some of that is subconscious. And I think he might have bought in a bit more. I've never been as concerned about the Levy Levy backing him thing as you and some others have. Um, And I'm sure we'll cover this a lot more in a lot more detail in the next few weeks. But the pivotal relationship for me is between Paratici and Conte. Paratici must have had guarantees from Levy when he came into the club. He must know um, what control, what you know, what um, what parameters he's working with, within. And he was in here first, so he had a chance to test the ground and know that. Him and Conte have got an existing relationship before Conte came into the club, and I, so that's why I'm a lot more relaxed about that relationship. And the one I always look back to is Aurier leaving last summer, where we we released you know we released him basically a year early, cancelled his contract. That's the kind of deal that we never ever ever would have done when Levy was in control of things. So I'm I'm pretty you know, and obviously you know you look at the signings we brought in, you know. Not all of them have been great, but some of the signings we brought in were for a different manager. But within a 12-month period, bringing in Romero, Kulazewski and Benton Kerr would be a good deal for any director of football at any club anywhere in the world. And if we could do, you know, if we could bring in three gems like that in the summer, plus, you know, a couple of squad fillers, we'll be in a really good position. I agree. And, and, and just again, to, to, to reiterate why I was pinging so much of my future feelings off tonight's game. I think tonight is the second of two games where we have proven, and mm-hmm. here is your pod title, brains and balls. And that's what an Antonio Conte side needs to be for Antonio so, Conte to be happy. And I think he trusts that we have brains and balls now. He's the seen- problem is, Steph, that this is a doubleheader podcast. And if we call it brains and balls, one is, one people are going to wonder which one of us is brains and which one of us is balls. (laughs) 
I don't know. I think they can figure that one out, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Look, we should probably stop. I know that there's a, you've got stuff to do. Um, I, I don't know what other than wind up Gooners for the next 24 hours. I certainly have uh, plenty of Gooners to wind up. This has been a magnificent evening. Um, uh, and again, uh, credit must go to Tottenham Hotspur Football Club for the largest margin of victory over Arsenal in a 60-minute football match ever. Um, congratulations to the side for that. Um, but, you know, uh, seriously, congratulations to everyone uh, concerned with the club for doing, the, for doing their job and doing it with style. And uh, what more can we say? I mean, there's so much more. So cut me off before I start swearing with joy. Cut me well, off before I start swearing with joy. I tell you what, I'll see us out, Steph. So <laughs> <laughs> thank you. For, thank you very much for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week, as usual, at the normal time. No emergency pods between then and now, unless something unbelievable happens against uh, Burnley this weekend. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram, so give us a follow and say hello. If you like this podcast, please remember to subscribe and leave a review on your podcast player of choice. And don't forget to tell your friends. Steph, this last line is yours. I can't take that. I can't see it. I've got to see it. I've got to go down. I've got to go down. I've got to go down. As 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 always, always, thanks for joining us. Yes, thanks for joining us. And thanks for listening for this final sing-song that Milo and I are going to give you. Oh, One, this wasn't planned. two, three. <laughs> North London is ours. North, North London, London is, ours. is ours. Fuck off back to Woolwich. North London, North London is, ours. is ours. Thank you very much. And have a wonderful evening and next day when you listen to this pod again, just to feel <laughs> the glory, glory, glory of it all. Come on, you Spurs.